Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome into the Ole Miss Not So Morning After Show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and Food of On Three. Usually myself, Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight year NFL vet. We're on here, right after a game. And Ole Miss had won five straight. And both of us attended Ole Miss Georgia on Saturday. For the first time in years, yep. both myself and Bradley South were in Athens. We were geared up, the Kool Aid was poured up. And Brad, after that first drive, it felt really good, and then it descended into chaos. Hey, buddy, what's up? What's up, man? Just uh, I'm actually just driving back now. Um, yeah, we we stayed up late last night and got up a little late, but man, um, you know what a what a day. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't think any Ole Miss fan expected that, and I know Georgia didn't expect to do that. Now, I, I think Georgia thought they would beat us, but you know, just hanging out in the town for two days. They were very much concerned about Ole Miss. I think they were shocked to do us that way, um, to play that kind of game and, and just really, really beat us that way. So, um, yeah, I was shocked, man. I, I mean, I went in there. I was I was confident, but I wasn't like, hey, we're about to win this game. Confident. I'm like, hey, Ole Miss is going to come in here and dogfight them. And, you know, after the first drive, I mean, dude, I was freaking hammered. I was, I was lit, man. I was freaking hammer-fisting. Like, it was on. Like, it's, it, you know, we're about to – we came here to play today, and really, even really, really even after the second drive, um, you know. But I think the issue was you don't want to get a shootout with Georgia like that, and um, you know it's yeah, it was it was it was, <laughs> it was a rough day, rough day all all around, all around. And I was like you after that first drive. I never really had any confidence, or I, I didn't go into it thinking, yeah, Ole Miss is going to get this one. Um, but I certainly thought. That after that first drive, oh, the, the good Ole Miss. I mean, this this team has shown up; it's ready to go. But Ole Miss is always good, really good offensively on script. Once they went off a of script, and once the defense just struggled to stop Georgia at all, especially with the middle of its defense that was just getting gashed because that offensive line, which had all of its returners back for Georgia, one of the best you'll see, as good as a, a college offensive line can be, and just bullied Ole Miss. But for you, where you were sitting. 
what was the biggest problem here? Why did it go go bad so quickly? Heck, at 28-14, you get a three and out coming out of halftime. I'm thinking, oh, they could get right back in this thing. It's not like it got away until late, but, man, it was just. Listen, yeah. that was, that was I, don't know, I don't know what the credit is to, but that was that was seriously they physically man i watched i'm telling you i wouldn't leave i watched the very very end i told everybody I'm with them, i said you can go if you want but i'm watching the last damn second of this game because i want to see i want to i want to really see what what george is about and man they're they just kicked the living shit out of us and and, and quite honestly i don't um you know i don't know that I, i'm not calling Ole Miss out effort wise but man we played really scared and um, I just didn't think we fly. We flew around and were physical. Didn't tackle particularly well, and you know a, a lot of that is just Georgia's talent was crazy, man. Like these running backs ran hard, physical. They were fast. The O line was humongous. All of them looked like NFL type guys. Um, I was just particularly a little disappointed with the with the scheme. I, I honestly, and, and you know, just calling like I see it. That is to me. I mean, that's that was one of the all time worst Ole Miss defensive games. In, in my since I've watched the game, honestly, Georgia, Georgia only could have stopped themselves. Like they, they could have scored even more. Um, and really, for the for the latter you know, second half of that game, man, they were they were kind of just you know, trying to control the game, run the ball. I mean, really weren't even overly aggressive. But you know, they were averaging on first down where, where they were great on first down. I mean, it was always second and one or second and two. I remember I don't think it was like a third quarter when we got our first third down or something crazy, um, like a legit third down situation. So. Man, I just said, you know, here's the thing is, like, listen, I get it. We lost the game, right? Like, it's just the way we went about doing it. That was just, uh, man, it just it didn't feel like us. And, and I honestly do. I think we had a great plan offensively. Um, I just, I just think, man, defensively, that was, that was, that wasn't it. That was, that was one of the all-time worst I've ever seen. Yeah, the defense that you're used to seeing since, like, or more often than not, since 2016. It reared its head again. They could do nothing. In the first half, the only reason Georgia didn't keep moving is, one, because of a penalty on a blatant, blatant block in the back. I think they called it a hold, but it was a block in the back. And let's be honest here, they missed a lot of calls, but that is not why I almost got the shit kicked out of them, especially in the first half. Because, like you said, defensively, they just had nothing. They looked so much slower than Georgia. So you get that penalty for the block in the back, and then the interception that Dejan Anthony came up with. It was a good throw by Carson Beck. The wide receiver kind of olayed it into Dejon Anthony's hands. It was, you could say quite literally, Georgia against stopping themselves. So there was yeah. no so, – but the only – so despite that, I, I'm with you. Offensively, they were rolling along, and I'm thinking, oh, they can keep up with this, but the defense has got to make a move here. And coming out of halftime, getting the three and out, I thought, oh, yeah. And we did it to ourselves again, Brad. We texted about it last night, late at night. Yeah. Yeah? Oh, oh. Ole Miss, here's the thing offensively. Ole Miss had a great plan and had a great plan in place. But when the game gets to a certain point, you can't you can't stick on script. Ole Miss was going to be able to run the ball versus Georgia, and they did. And had they weren't forced to, you know, once you're playing catch-up at the, at the rate they were having to play catch-up, you can't stay on script like that. Dude, Lane Kiffin, I'm telling you, it was not offense. Had this game been tighter, offense would have been fine throughout the, throughout the day. Ole Miss moved the ball good enough against that Georgia defense and would have kept moving it you know, better had they weren't be forced into, hey, okay, now if we don't get this first down, hey, it's just 20 out of 14. Hey, if we, get, if we, don't, we don't get this one, hey, it's, I mean, like, like the, the rate they were scoring at was, was astronomically embarrassing. Like, it was, I'm telling you, it was, it's just seeing it live. Anybody was there saw it live, it was, you almost felt sorry 
for how I mean it, it was unbelievable how how bad defensively we were. Either, either they knew exactly what we were going to do, or we completely played scared and weren't prepared. Because I have I'm telling you, dude, that that was the most perfect offense performance I've ever seen. It looked like a game. It looked like a video game. It really did. Like everything they did was wide open, and the quarterback never got touched. Even whenever they even when there wasn't somebody wide open, he was able to run for 15 yards. I mean, it was unbelievable. The I mean, hell, they had a running back average 14 yards a carry, which is video game like. So defensively, it was it's defensive to me, man. It was it, that was the issue. Offensively, I really think we could have moved that ball, and, and we did. I mean, there, there was times where we, where we did the first couple of drives. When you get down at that rate and you can't stop them and give yourself a chance, it's just man, it's an uphill battle at that point. Now you're forced to throw it. You got a, your left tackle um, or one of your tackles get hurt. You have to shuffle the inside. The center was. No, I mean he's, he's snapping the ball high late in the game, and just I mean it was they were they were O line was it was, all that shuffling was, was was brutal. You do not want that to happen down in Georgia. But, no, uh, I mean that, that was that was the all, one thing that couldn't happen that. happened, and that was uh, Jaden uh, Jaden Williams gets hurt or Jalen Williams gets hurt after he comes in to step in as the starting left tackle. He started all last year, was really good, had surgery in the off season, trying to get him to be himself again. Victor Kern kicks out to right, and it started really well, but then. Jaden gets hurt, and I'm told that – or Jaden gets hurt, and I'm, I'm told it's a, a serious injury. I mean, it could keep him out for maybe the rest of the regular season. It's a serious injury. So now you're talking about Jeremy James kicked back out to right tackle and Eli Acker coming in, and it wasn't the same, and you knew it wasn't going to be the same. And that came after Mike Pettis broke his foot in practice last week. So it just wasn't good. On either side of the uh, line of scrimmage for Ole Miss, because the defensive line, the interior especially, got absolutely terrorized by that Georgia offensive line. Easily one of the best bad. I've ever seen in person, man. They just bullied them, all of them. Yeah, it was it was bad. I mean, it really was on the interior, you know, especially when they were forced to pass. There were certain times where, where Dart had pressure right in his face. Um, yeah, I feel like running the ball, man. I, I mean, obviously we didn't gash them every time, but there was a lot of open holes. I think the line did a much better job in the run game than they'll probably get credit for. And I think it had, had we kept this a tight game, was able to you know really keep – Emphasize the run. I think I think it would have been fine, but um, man, I just and it, that was a head scratching defensive performance because Pete Golden's been all awesome small year. Um, and I don't know if that was a case of hey, they really knew each other a little too well, um, you know, or, or what the deal was. But it just to me, man, I have I just have never seen a perfectly called offensive performance like Georgia had. And Georgia's listen, don't get me wrong, Georgia's talent was high popping. They're great, but they are not thirty eight points better than Ole Miss and, yeah. and really taking knees and, and second team coming in and dominating long embarrassing runs that, that's much more than that than, than just just getting beat that's just some that that that's something a little deeper man like that just that somewhat right out there on that field and and do I think Georgia should have almost by two scores yes they should have but 38 points and they were and they were holding back could have beat them by the knees they wanted to no we ain't that like the, the, we're not that kind of team um that was just flat out I mean that's flat out embarrassing well, it's pretty obvious, and I think it was obvious early on. We wanted to see where Ole Miss was. We wanted it to be kind of like the gauge, the barometer of what Ole Miss, like if it was in that contention window close enough to hang with the best of the best, really justify being in that playoff conversation. Even if you lose, lose in a way that uh, validates the performance on the field. Ten and two is objectively really good. Now, Ole Miss has to beat ULM and has to beat State. But they should beat both of those teams. And if they do, they'll be 10-2. and two. That's historic. That's incredible. They probably go to the Cotton Bowl again. Um, Ole Miss used to kill for that. But it's still – I'm with you. I didn't expect Ole Miss to win. To lose 52-17 to 17 was really 
discouraging in a lot of ways. It was very humbling in a lot of ways. And mostly for me, I thought offensively they were well enough to keep up with Georgia. But they do not have the horses defensively. It was so obvious. They looked like they were moving at a completely different speed than Ole Miss was defensively. So I'm willing to give Pete going the benefit of the doubt as he tries to put this all together and get it right for next year. Because I felt going into the game, the right takeaway was this is a free shot. It's not excuse-making. It's just it's a free, free shot for Ole Miss. And Ole Miss probably isn't going to get them. But next year in the vault – Absolutely, because at that point, talent-wise, I think Pete Golding will be able to have caught up with Ole Miss offensively because I just looked at that Ole Miss defense for the first two and a half quarters. And, Brad, you, you had Ole Miss's best cornerback, arguably, and DeAndre Prince, who's a next-level player potentially, getting absolutely toasted by the third, yeah. number three Georgia wide receiver on uh, a, st- a stop-and-go kind of route. You know, I mean, they were just getting eaten up. The, 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 the speed difference was crazy. Like, I'm like, are we this slow? Like, and I, I don't think we looked this slow all year, but, I mean, I'm talking dudes were wide open, dude. Like, wide, like wide open with a defender on them. So, I, I don't know, man. I just I just think – I don't know if they didn't – I mean, it, it, the, the way I see it is this. Like, listen, were we going to beat them? No. And, and at the end of the day, we knew we were going to probably lose these two games, right? Like, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is a good SEC team, but they are nowhere near Alabama and Georgia talent-wise at the moment. No, I'm telling you, it was, it was crazy to see. But come on, man! Like, like at some point, like this was your opportunity. I just don't feel like I feel like watching the film. I don't feel like most people on the defensive side of the ball can look there and say, "Hey, I gave it my all." Because if we gave it our all, we got big effing issues. You know what I mean? If we gave our all and our all was giving up 600 yards and 52 points, man, we we really we really ain't as ain't nowhere near where we think we're headed or or, or going or should be. You know, so uh, I just I don't know, man. I would like to see us hang it hang it out there, leave it out there a little bit more. Um, you know, you know, defensively, it just I, I just I don't know. I've seen a lot of football, and some some days you have days like this. And then there's like days like this, like this. This was this was blame books. I just, man, I mean, you couldn't even, you literally couldn't stop them on a first or second down. Much it was really, but every down. one of their drive starters was like a run up the middle, like a very basic run up the middle that would go for six yards. It was second and four all day. Oh, it was yeah. That second and four would have would have been a win. <laughs> going into going into the second quarter, seriously, I think we I think it was like a second and five, and I turned around, I was like, dang, okay, now it's about second and one. Or first and, and whatever. I mean, they the, the first, they scored in like four plays. Yeah, the, the first first drive, four or five plays. Same thing with the second drive. I mean, I think at one point they had like fifteen plays and three touchdowns. So I mean, that's that's tough, man. Yeah. And Georgia's a good team. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think you know looking at looking at the way Georgia played all year, they have not done anybody like that. Now they've won all their games, but I don't think Ole Miss is any worse than than some of these other teams. You know, and I just for whatever reason, man, they. Hell, their second team came in and absolutely shredded us in the run game. I mean, they at just that ran point, all over. though, is it not kind of the team? The final score is going to be a, a loss. It doesn't matter how ugly it's going to be. They kind of like laid down. It was done. The game was over for everybody. Just get through it, play through the motions. Because at twenty-eight fourteen, with the ball back after the three and out, you felt some momentum again. But then the inevitability of Georgia and Ole Miss that offense, which was good. I thought the offense has been good all year. Um, it just it went. It responded with its own three and out. And the reason I say you give Pete going the benefit of the doubt here is because we knew there was going to be inconsistency with this defense all year. 
We just wanted this defense to be good enough for this offense to have a chance to win all the games it played. And it did, except for Georgia. Georgia was not anywhere close to competitive on the defensive side. Unfortunately, it came in the game that mattered the most for Ole Miss because 10-2 and two is awesome. I mean, it matches the greatest or the highest win total if it happens in Ole Miss history, program history, the most ever in a single regular season. However, however, you wanted to see Ole Miss look closer to Georgia. I don't know how close you wanted to yeah. look, but not like that didn't look – that wasn't competitive. It wasn't. Yeah, Offensively people, enough, yeah. but – you know, th this is a defense that had held three straight SEC opponents to under 300 yards of offense for the first time in years and has improved, and they deserve credit for that. However, they are not there yet, and that's why yeah. right now Ole Miss isn't ready to beat Georgia. Next year at home with Jackson Dart starting in year three and Quinshawn back for year three and Pete Golding having the opportunity for a full couple of recruiting cycles to go get the kids he needs to fill out the roster, then fine. You know, if they lose like this again – That'll be a problem. But I know Ole Miss fans are tired of hearing about next year, so I don't want to go too far into that. But it's just unfortunate that they lost the way they did because the way they lost was very humbling. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the Alabama game this year, right, 24 to, to 10, hey, you know what, they lost. They beat us late. Like, you know, we are competitive. But this was like – I mean, this felt like some old school, like real bad stuff. And, you know, everybody knows. People that watch the ball know, like, hey – there's a way of like, hey, my team showed up and fought hard. They just aren't, aren't as talented. Then there's like getting beat by beat like a D2 school, and that's what it looked like. Seriously, we look like a D2 school, and that's that's tough to explain as an 8-1 team that's beating the better half the SEC. Yeah, if it's another matchup of number nine and number two and Ole Miss isn't on the side of the helmet, does that team, if it's LSU, lose 52-17? to I don't know. Uh, that just That was very discouraging because we thought Ole Miss was a little further along maybe than they are which is fine, and 10-2 and is awesome. But next year, come on now, get you one of these, the one of the big, big games, because Ole Miss is good. Ole Miss is a good program. It is set up, like Keith Carter said, Ole Miss Athletics Director on this podcast like last week, set up to be a player, a real player, on the national stage in college football for the next 10 to 15 years. There has to come a point, though, when you get this matchup again, where you bust through that glass ceiling. But even if you lose a game like this next year, at least you have the cushion of the 12-team playoff because Ole Miss lost and had a bad day on Saturday and still was number 13, so you'd be right there in that discussion to still be in the playoff. And that's the beauty of what's coming next year and why Ole Miss is positioned so well, and that's a complete credit to Lane Kiffin. But Saturday yeah. sucked. Saturday sucked. And well, you, I, I, don't, I, I don't know how you make that point. I mean, if, if you lose 52 to 17, you shouldn't be in the playoffs, period. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. 
and PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season. And concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Almost enters the final two weeks of the regular season, needing two more wins, and it looks like they're going to get it against ULM and hapless Mississippi State to go ten and two, and that's a huge accomplishment. But you're already seeing some movement um, in the SEC. 
and we'll close it out with this. Because usually we do helmet stickers and things of that nature. Uh, Brad's big thing from the game. But let's be honest here. There's not a lot more to discuss with that loss to Georgia. It was just a straight ass whipping. But things are happening in the SEC. Jimbo has been fired. Texas A&M is paying Jimbo Fisher $76 million, I think, a little over $76 million to not coach for them. It's the greatest job in the world. If you can get that kind of work, it's amazing. I would love to tank Texas A&M and get $76 million to not coach for them. But Jimbo is no longer there. Dan Lanning is reportedly a top candidate for them, the head coach at Oregon, a um, Nick Saban disciple, another one. Mike Elko, Ben Mintz talked about him. He's the head coach at Duke, and he'll be up for that job. Of course, you're going to hear some Lane Kiffin speculation, but I don't feel that this silly season is something uh, that's going to bring a lot of drama for Ole Miss. This is about – getting this roster, this team, caught up to speed enough to where you can keep building, right? I mean, what do you think of the Texas A&M move, and uh, are you worried about Lane as, as jobs come open? Yeah, you know, I think I think Texas A&M, the, they're, you know, I think they're a little late on this move. I think it's you – know, even when they hired Jimbo, I know, you know, he did well at, at Florida State, but his last year he was pretty bad there. Um, you know, Jimbo's kind of dated. I, I never really agree with that hire. I never was really a fan of, of, of his team's period. I think he had the stretch where he had a great quarterback – or great college quarterback, and, you know, that they wrote it pretty well. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think it's the right move for him. I, I think that I would love to see him stay just because I think that they have such a good, um, you know, foundation around them. If they get the right guy, A&M will be a lot like Georgia and Alabama. And, and it's because they have the, the resources to do that. And, no, I don't think Lane would want that job. But, man, if they came at him strong, how do you turn that down? I mean, I had a conversation with somebody earlier, like, you have all the NIL resources in the world and you can actually coach. That's scary. You know what I mean? Like, that, that that's what Kirby Smart's doing currently right now. You know, he can coach football, but he also has a damn good roster to go along with it. And it's why you see them winning the games the way you see them, see them winning. So, if they nail that higher there, we're, I mean, A&M is, is, is a legit threat to be like in a Georgia and Alabama. And everybody knows that. It's just, you know, Jimbo can't coach for the shit and um, you know, he's held him back, you know, in, in my mind. But talent-wise, I mean, that's a scary, scary situation. You know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see who they bring in there and, and what they do because, um, yeah, they're they're dangerous NIL-wise. And as a coach, I'm sure you're thinking in the back of your mind, hey, man, I can be the guy. I can be the one. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that's not a bad gig because uh, even if you're just an okay coach or, or, or an above-average schematic coach, you're going to have a lot of talent to go along with it. And Texas is loaded with talent, and uh, the state of Texas is loaded with talent, and, you know, they have the money to go get it. So um, it concerns me. I mean, if, if they were to make a serious run at Lane, which I don't see that happening. I don't either. Um, I don't see it happening at all. But, hey, if somebody in there got a, got a hitch and said, hey, you know, we're all for Lane X, and, you know, I, I don't think Lane would <laughs> – I think he'd listen a little more than he listens to some of these others because they have real NIL money, just like Georgia, just like Alabama's been. So – um, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting job. I'm, I, I'm more, I would be more concerned about that than some of these others. Yeah, well, like Start Arkansas is probably going to come open. That, so I don't think Sam Pittman can survive this. Did you also see where some of the players at halftime in the halftime locker room they're playing against Auburn and getting their ass kicked, and they're watching the Polar Express in the locker room? Did you see this? Ooh, yeah, I did not see it, but I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Sam Arkansas, Pittman, Arkansas, you, Arkansas, you don't survive Arkansas. the Polar Express watching at halftime. Come on now. Yeah, doing? Arkansas is one of those schools. I don't. I don't think they could. You know, I mean, 
it's it, it's a it's a top solid job, but they would you know I don't think they're going to go out and get the big dog coach if they think they can. Um, you know, I I, I think Pippen's going to be gone, but I don't think I don't think they'd be a threat. Yeah, I'm not really worried about them either. Mississippi State's going to hire Dan Mullen, so the the rivalry will get t- more toxic again. But that's neither here nor there. Ole Miss is going towards a 10-win regular season. We're hoping for a little bit better, but Georgia sometimes can just be inevitable, and them dogs are hell. And I will say, it was the first time I've been in Sanford Stadium since 2007. And both of my trips have been disasters. Because in 2007, Ben Jarvis is going in and fumbles, and then they beat Ole Miss like 40 to 14 or something crazy, you know. And so here's this one. Competitive again early. I go, oh, shit, here it comes. And, dude, it was just another, ugh, ugh, yeah. disaster. Man, it just it had such it had a really good big time feel to it. I'll tell you that. I mean, it was you were you were in. I mean, you were at the spectacle. That almost felt like to me. So one, there was a couple of times when we played the Cowboys. The Cowboys weren't great at the time. They were just an average team, solid, but not you know not like that great. But man, they just bring an aura and a spectacle about them. That's just like when they show up, it's like oh, the Cowboys are here. That's kind of what it felt like. It was like, man, all right, we're here in Georgia. Like people everywhere. Like you know. Roster's huge. Team looks big in these big red. You know, I mean, it was a real like. All right, this is the best stage you can play on. Like, this is we're, we're in the house of, of that dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, they had like know, eight and, pregame th- things, like attack the gate, release the junkyard dogs, the band. I mean, it was like this massive, loud, deafening environment. And Ole Miss started out hot enough, and it felt like they were ready to take that step. They're, they were not, it turns out. Narrator's voice, record scratch. They were not ready. They, they weren't ready for yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, if, you're, if you're coaching Georgia, hey, that, that team's been on that stage. That team lives on that stage. You know what I mean? And, and Ole Miss stepped into to a stage that was, you know, big stage or highly ranked team, whatever, like, didn't, were able to kind of hang. But, like, hey, Georgia looked like they'd been there a lot and was very comfortable there. Well, we didn't look very comfortable there at all. Like, not, not whatsoever. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's part of the growth of the program. Like I said, man, I, I get it. If you look at the schedule this year, ain't no way in hell we thought we were going to be Alabama or Georgia at, at their house. But I can accept the Alabama one. But losing like that to Georgia is, um, you know, it just it gives, me a, it gives me a different kind of feel, right? Hey, Ole Miss goes there and competes hard, lose by a couple touchdowns at the end. Hey, you know what? We knew it was good. But, man, to get slaughtered and, and, and beat like that on defense to me was – Man, I just don't feel like we, we attacked the opportunity in, in, in the correct way, or, or something went wrong, or, or some message some message was off this week. Because uh, man, there ain't no way there ain't uh, Georgia's good. They're great. Don't get me wrong, but man, they're, they're, they weren't even close to covering the person. Like I mean, you're, you're looking at 84. Just I mean, he's 10 yards by guys, you know, down down the sideline, um, and, and he really ain't built for that kind of breakaway speed. So something wasn't right. It wasn't. There were a lot of very hopeful plans for post-game stuff. Me and Brad were going to meet up, maybe do a live podcast. I talked to Ben Mintz. He was in Athens. We were going to find each other at the Grove Collective tent, do this, that, and the other. I met up with my buddy Austin Brown and Aaron and all those guys over there. And Austin sat with my friend Whit. Me and Whit came over at the last second. It was a split decision. My credential didn't come in until Thursday. And by midway through the third quarter, my friend Austin looked over at Whit as they were sitting together and said – Hey, Whit, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm about to go to the bathroom, and I'm not coming back. That It was that kind <laughs> of game. It was like your dad going out for cigarettes and never coming back. 
Dude, I, well, I, in my head, we was so bad. Listen, I can, I'm, I'm a big proponent of staying to the end and let's watch and like, you know, and that's the first time in a long time I thought like, hey man, like this is so bad and so embarrassing defensively. Like I can't watch it. Like, like it's, it's honestly, it's, it's like, I, it, it's, it was not fun to watch at all what they were doing to us. Like, we looked like a D two school on defense. I mean, I, I felt like we were as we literally like UT Martin or something or I don't know, or whatever school when they kill these teams that come in but they were running very basic sick. offense brad they when you got running backs going untouched up the middle for 40 50 yard whatever was happening there like that is very hard to watch um and, and honestly i think that would have been the first game i may have left had had spencer sanders when i came out i was just interested to see what he looked like you know live which he wasn't bad at all but i was more interested just seeing him but that's, that's probably the only reason why i stayed to the very very end but it was that was very hard to sit through and I can stomach some shit, and I've seen some bad losses, and I've seen some bad, like, <laughs> that was that was the most, I mean, that was the most physical beating. I, I, I'm telling you, I, it, 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 they could have scored 80, and I, and I shit you not. And that's that's just being being kind. Yeah, Jackson yeah, Dart got banged up, and Lane Kiffin said he could have gone back in, but at that point there was no need. And, hey, finally got to see a little Spencer Sanders. You know, oh, the $200,000 man. There he is. You know, he, yeah, wasn't, he, he was fine. If need be, he could win these next few for us. So, yeah, get uh, Jackson healthy and win the Cotton Bowl. Let Spencer take over ULM and Mississippi State. At least get a little bit of money back or a little bit of return on your investment, right? Yeah, no, Spencer was fine, man. He can. He, I feel like with a whole week of preparation and game plan, he. I mean, it would be a small drop off, but not much. I mean, he he could he can he could get in there and win and win some games for us for sure. But it should be Jackson Dart. We'll see. This has been the Ole Miss not-so-morning-after show as Brad and I both had to get back from Athens, both had to process the beatdown that we witnessed in person. You just wanted to throw in the towel for him. But, unfortunately, that's not how football works. And hopefully this time next year when Ole Miss hosts Georgia at Ole Miss, they'll be more on even playing field because this year they just weren't ready. They weren't ready. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. I'm right for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and the Food of On 3. If you haven't already, subscribe, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Thank you, buddy. I'll see you after ULM. All right. See you, Ben. Howdy, howdy. All right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.